Hi and welcome to episode 14 of the Hoping Mum and Dad podcast. I'm Becky and this is Fuzz and we're here to talk to you about IVF, infertility, trying to conceive and everything else in between. We spoke to a really interesting guest this week, um, Chloe from mbabyart at mbaby underscore art on Instagram. Um, she was really cool. But before we go into that and share the interview with you, we just wanted to let you know a little bit about what we've been up to this week. Yes. So we had a phone call. Well, we didn't have a phone call. Becky made the phone call. Mm-hmm. Uh, you phoned the Wales, Inf- Wales Fertility Clinic. Institute. Institute. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, do you want to tell everyone about the update mm-hmm. that we got? Yeah. So anyone who's been listening to the previous episodes will know that uh, they asked us to call back in September. So on Tuesday at nine o'clock, September the 1st, I was on the phone and I called them and I spoke to them, explained about calling back and they had me on hold for a while and they were like, just a minute. And I thought like my heart, I felt really nervous. I thought that maybe they were going to get the appointment book, but then I realized that isn't an appointment book. It would just all be online probably. Anyway, for mm. some reason I was really nervous. They got back to me and they said that we are seeing new patients now, but they are obviously prioritizing um, older patients, patients older than 35 maybe, and oncology patients too. So it depends on how many people they have to see and how many they can get through. And they're looking at calling us. I hate when they say that though, because that doesn't give you any kind of window. That's, That's just saying... Yeah, we'd love to, but our ball of string's too big. Yeah, it's like, um, it it's really vague, but I'm taking it because they said they'd call us back for an appointment in the end of September or October, but they would definitely see us before the end of the year. So That's good. Yeah. So Good news. Woo! So let's just hash out the timeline for this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Say we get our appointment. Yeah. September. Remember, so they'll call you at the end of September. Before Maybe. COVID, if they called you for an appointment, the appointment would be within two weeks. Okay. So, and they said that they would, they might call us at the end of September. Yeah. Or the end of October. Or October. October, November. September, October. Yeah. So September mm-hmm. or in the middle, any time in October. I guess. So say we did get a call, the end, like the beginning of October, October 1st, generally. My right? sister's birthday. Yeah. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Halloween's the 31st of October. I know, but it's the month that counts. Mm. Right. So, uh, yeah, so we get our appointment on the 1st of October. Yeah. Two weeks later, you get your actual appointment. Mm-hmm. So 14th of October. Day after my brother's birthday. Okay. Um, Autumn babies. So 14th, yeah. So say we had that yeah. appointment on the 14th. Then what do they do? They just they, they get think... you in and they just go, hi, yeah, paperwork. Yeah. Not, and not actually do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like, hi, do you still want a baby? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sign this in case we kill you by accident. Mm. Uh. And then and then what? And then I... Th- Two weeks later, they go, do you want to come back and have another chat? I guess, I guess we go in for signing our papers. And then I think we have a conference call on video to talk about our treatment plan mm. how they're going to treat us but it us. all takes months like i remember we needed to check something with a doctor and we had to wait six months mm. just to talk just to be like yeah is that cool yeah yeah i think once we get in there hopefully it'll be quicker than we think but maybe 
but what is the general breakdown to it? It's like get your appointment two weeks that you go in. At that appointment, they say, "Do you still want a baby?" You go, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah," and then mm. they you let nothing happens. I think we'll be lucky if we have an embryo transferred this side of Christmas. But they said that they'd see us before. Like, yeah, what's they'd the general? See us. What's if the... they see us with a, an appointment for signing papers, that's seeing us, isn't it? Yeah. Remember, you've got COVID tests in between now as well. So what does that mean? They test us before we go into the clinic, I guess. Or before I go in to have a scan or anything. So have you got to isolate? Um, I don't know. We'll find but out. But the, the gen- what I'm asking is, is what, what is the general normal procedure? You get your appointment two weeks that you go in. Nothing actually happens. You just go in. Just I don't know. We'll have to... to anyone who's park. listening who's been through it before... Um, no, you know, you know. I roughly. don't know. I don't know. That's why I'm ask, telling you. I don't know because we've not done it before. So I think a couple of weeks. And then what? And then they take. So after we've had the sign the papers, done the treatment planning, mm. appointment. You have to take done all the COVID tests. Then we wait for the per- my period to come, mm. and then I guess we start treatment. So injections or medicine yeah. like tablets I'm what does sure. that mean though start treatment so you generally what what do you think that means anyway like you st- you start you have your period then you go in after no. like a day or two after no you've had they give you a medication and then the day your period starts i think you start taking it mm-hmm. and then after a few days of taking it then i think they start seeing you regularly for scans to check your lining mm-hmm. and then depending on whether you're on I don't really know enough about it. No, but long what protocol, do you know short now? Co- protocol. We're not telling people facts. We're just spitballing what we think happens. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. You don't know. No, I don't know. You've read so much about no, all this I haven't. stuff. You I have. don't know what happens. You have. I know there's a long protocol and a short c- protocol. I don't know how long they are. I don't know. You do. No, You're I just don't. To say in case I'm you not are. scared to say. I actually don't know. So you don't have any ballpark figure on like how long it takes to get the transfer done or anything? No, I don't. After, and all those things that you've been reading and what things? Blog, you, you're constantly reading about people's no, procedures no. and how they do things. You know the difference between Ixy and Snixy and <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you know. Uh, you know. Come on. No, I don't know. I that... don't know. So just give me a rub. <laughs> Google it now. I don't know. Google it then. Oh I want to know God. roughly how long it's going to be. Uh, let's see. Okay, talk in between then. So Becky, even though she knows the answer I to this already, know. is Googling as I'm talking because, like I've said in the previous podcasts, um, I've just been putting it off and like I know it's real, but because of everything's been so topsy-turvy and upside okay. down. here we are. Here we go. Six to eight weeks is the... From what? Keep talking. <sighs> yeah, so because it hasn't been that real. Well, it has. I've just been putting it off and saying to myself, don't get all obsessed about it and don't... Thanks, computer, for making a noise during a podcast that I was off. Um, I've been basically pushing it aside, pushing it aside, like ignoring it, like thinking I'm not going to think about it because if I get excited about it and then I get you know, fixate on a date, then I'll be gutted if, like, things change. And because everything's so up in the air and topsy-turvy, I have just literally pushed it aside and gone, if it happens, cool, if it doesn't, it doesn't. So you're telling me now you're getting excited, is that it? No, I'm not. Hmm. It says on this website, an average IVF cycle takes about six to eight weeks from consultation to transfer. Yeah, but in the NHS, they literally... 
so if need we a got consultation seen, to check your name and stuff like sometimes yeah. if we got seen in october for example then that's four weeks of october so maybe maybe we'd have a transfer in december that'd be a nice christmas present wouldn't it yeah it would but obviously once you've had the transfer you're not necessarily pregnant you've still got your two-week wait uh it could work it might not work so let's do the math let's do the calendar maths now <laughs> ah. how like what sort of date would we need to be seen by to to have all the bits and pieces done and have the two-week wait done before christmas i think october like my sister's well, well, birthday yeah so what was the what was the thing? six to eight weeks it said and then but then after that you need to wait two more weeks after that to kind of so 10 allowed. weeks to find out if you're no, pregnant just, maximum. i don't know what i'm talking about is that right though well so it's eight weeks for that then two weeks once it's in you so yeah so eight weeks is the time for consultation to treatment to transfer yeah yeah then you or have, six weeks but then you have yeah but eight will go worst case scenario so eight weeks then you have to add two weeks on to to be kind of sure that it's well to have a little bit of confidence that it's kind of worked no to know whether or not it's worked not confidence to find out if it's worked or not okay within two weeks you know whether the pregnancy has worked or it hasn't yeah but then you've still got that um and that uncertainty window three month thing right no because once they put the embryo in you mm. you have something called the two-week wait which would happen but they put the embryo in you at eight weeks no <laughs> of this thing on the eighth week yeah of your treatment they yeah. put the embryo in you but yeah. the embryo is only like maximum five days old six days old yeah then you've got two weeks to wait yeah to find out if you're still pregnant because when they put it in you that's an embryo yeah, that's yeah, a baby yeah, 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 so you're yeah, pregnant yeah, yeah. but within the two weeks it's either implanted and stayed within your womb yeah or it's not worked and it has so left your womb. based on what we've got here mm-hmm. if we got seen in october that's eight weeks say we got seen middle of october uh, say we had a consultation the first of october yeah eight weeks from that would be first of december yeah then we then we'd have to, and that's when it would be in you mm-hmm. and then we'd have to wait two weeks yeah so that's 10 so that would be the, the second week yeah so theoretically if things go fast yeah and wherever we could know by september mid uh, mid december Mm-hmm. if there's a successful transfer embryo in you. Yeah, fingers crossed. But then, but even not to, not, not to jump the gun again, but on that, most, even with uh, natural um, conceptions, mm-hmm. is that how you say it? Natural. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't kind of, you don't count your chickens, do you, until it's like three months mm-hmm. in, which I, which means like, if we know it's worked on December, mid-December, I think we've still got to wait three months to be like... Because they no. don't, don't they say you should wait three months before you tell people and all that kind of stuff? That's like a, a traditional old-fashioned thing to do. Well, not old-fashioned, but, you know, some people do that. Um, if you are if you conceive naturally, you wait till roughly 12 weeks for your of, first ever scan yeah. to ever see the... So we shouldn't get too excited, really, until well, we've done that. With IVF, you get an early scan. Yeah, I think it's called a viability scan. Mm. At about six or seven weeks, 
And if it looks like it's not going to work, then they'll. I think get you'll it know. Out. Yeah. Well, sometimes it happens naturally, and sometimes they get it out. Yeah. And six weeks of it after it being in you. Six or seven weeks that you have the scan. Once you've say if the two week wait works and we find out we're pregnant, then mm. after another four weeks, because two add four is six. Middle of January. Yeah. Then then you have your scan mm. to check everything's okay. And then if it's okay, then they discharge you from that IVF unit and you just uh, treat it like a, a usual uh, pregnant woman. Yeah. So uh, not that far away, really. I mean, this year has gone by in a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. Mainly because it's been horrendous. Yeah. Hor- ugh, horrible. But yeah, so if all things go well, we, we could know. We that, might be pregnant in 2020. That's a bit of an annoying thing for the holidays, though. Why? Well, because you don't know, do you, if it's like... No, it's fine. Worked, worked. It'd be, wouldn't it be awesome if you knew that it worked, worked by, like, Christmas Day? Yeah, it would. And then we what could. What time... What to, so, what timeline... If if we're going on this optimistic timeline of everything going fast and smooth or whatever, mm-hmm. which I shouldn't hang on to too much, but what... Um, Sounds like you are. Well, I'm going to, maybe a little bit, but I'm going to let it go afterwards. But um, what what birthday would that give you roughly? So if they put it in you in... In me? <laughs> don't think it's going in me. <laughs> if they put it in, if you get a transfer in November, mm. end of November, call it December. So nine months from then. Is it actually nine months or nine months and two weeks? I don't really know. No. December... January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August. Is that... I can't remember. You're a teacher. You remember, you, remember you said that, like, basically, it's luck of the draw. <laughs> yeah. Like, sometimes if you're a teacher, it can work out quite well. Oh, you mean with maternity and time yeah, off? Yeah, Is that a good time for it to... Not, not, not like really. If you're a teacher, ideally you want to give birth in September because you've just had six weeks off and then you come back maybe for a week or two and then you <laughs> give birth and you're off again. Yeah. But, um, yeah. We can't control that. No, no one can. Some people are lucky. But but the date that we got, um, that we worked out roughly was when? Just now. Yeah. August. August. August, September. That's all right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we shouldn't hang on to it too much anyway because... Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Schools have gone back, so the infection rate could go up, yeah. and that could, you know, spiral out of control again. So touch yeah, we'll wood. See. Fingers crossed. Wee. Yeah. Shouldn't do that. That's horrendous noise for people Sorry. listening. No, it was me. I tapped the table. I thought you meant meant my wee. No, no, no. Um, As in my whoop, not my wee, <laughs> not my urine. You just weed yourself. <laughs> I haven't. Um, there we go. So we're just uh, talking about. We're just uh, pipe dreaming, trying to be mm-hmm. optimistic. It's been a while since we've been optimistic. Everything's been so uh, rubbish. Yeah, so that was good news. Yeah. And last week, we it feels like we haven't recorded for ages because last week we were in North Wales with my family. North Wales. Yeah, in Felinheli. Felinheli. Near Anglesey. Oh. Yeah, I don't know any. <laughs> I don't know any, any more. Well. That, that was the right sentence i guess where the is, right question where is Fennhanny? yeah yeah in fact i will be posting i forgot about this i will be posting um a bit of a travel kind of vlog type thing mm-hmm. um it was 
pretty much torrential downpour, torrential rain most of the week. And um, it was not your normal sunny building sandcastles all day, but it was fun. Yeah, and we I, had two I really was, gorgeous days, which is lovely. Yeah, and I used it as a bit of a... Um, as a bit of a training camp for my Ironman, which I am raising money for Mind with. I'm entering Ironman UK next year. Um, oh, my God. My race is in July. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that would be hor- that would be so stressful. No, it wouldn't. It will. Training for an Ironman and just, just like... Just might give birth in Preston. <laughs> we can't have that happen. Why? Because you don't want to... English baby. Well, no. If no. It's half anyway. It's not. Yeah, it is. Okay. There's a high, the Welsh flag. There's a high chance that it could come in July if it's born in, if it's due in August. Are they, uh, or it could come later. So let me just get that bit out of the way. Doing an, an Ironman race to raise money for mental health and mind. Um and on the flip side, I'll probably be quite stressed. I'm pushing my mental health to the limits at the same time as well. Think, I think I would be worried about that. Like I'm, I don't think you would be stressed then because we'd just be excited. It'd be probably worse if it came um, earlier. Yeah, but that, does that happen with IVF in general? Um, I'm not sure, but I know it does happen with people with thyroid disorders. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I get a text halfway through my swim or something. Just like, I'm just going to pop to the hospital. Yeah. Can't, can't, to be honest, Ironman races babe. take like up to 10 hours and stuff sometimes. So maybe you could just go and whiz off. <laughs> Come back with the baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have only it with that symbol. Um, oh, that's a, oh, who knows? Who knows? Anyway, so it yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, you can, if you want to be good eggs and help me out and help me raise some money for mine, then you can go and do that by the link in the description. If you're listening on Spotify, Wherever you listen to it, podcast, if it's audio only, um, you can do it wherever the, the link is. We're on so many different platforms, it's hard to keep track. Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, um, but we are also on YouTube. A lot of people that listen don't realize we're on YouTube and we make, you know, we Skype and FaceTime people so you can actually see our faces. You can see how silly I look right now oh, trying to do the maths. Um, you know, and when we film late like today, then I'm just um, a hot mess. I woke up like this. <laughs> Um, so you can see us and see what's going on and see the amazing guests that we have on. Um, and the link for the Mind Iron Man stuff will be in the thing there. So mm. I think that's pretty much... Yeah, that's us that's of us late. That, yeah. yeah. So we'll send you over now to listen to our interview with Chloe from MBaby Art. Mm. And I hope you enjoy it. One last thing before we jump into the episode, I completely forgot to mention it in the introduction because we got a little bit carried away, but... We're doing a giveaway. We've teamed up with Chloe from at mbaby underscore art, and we're giving you your chance to win your own commissioned piece of artwork. Um, if you're interested in finding out more about this competition, then head over to our Instagram page at Hoping Mum and Dad. And if you're listening in the future, then unfortunately the competition is probably closed. Um, but still listen to this episode because we've had a wonderful chat with Chloe and go and check out her Instagram page at mbaby underscore art. And of course, follow us on Instagram too at Hoping Mum and Dad. Hope you enjoy the episode. Bye. Hi, Chloe. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, thank you for having me. 
So I'm Chloe, um, I run MBaby Art, so at MBaby underscore art on Instagram. Um, I'm a midwife and I also paint watercolour, embryo blastasis and ultrasound scan images. Awesome. What an intro. Boom. Yeah. And we're off. Yeah. I, I, I thought that was amazing. Such a good plug. But I just, um, I wanted to say how beautiful your artwork is. I thought, um, I mean, I appreciate art. I think I love it anyway. Well, we're both artists, trained formally, aren't we? Yeah, it, mm. I guess technically. Not, we don't, well, you practice, but I don't. I got a anyway, in macaroni art. So. We digress. Your artwork is gorgeous. And um, I was first told about you from um, a couple who we had on the podcast, Caitlin and Lee. Um, yeah. who have quite a couple of your your artworks in their home. Um, yeah. It's really cool. So I just wondered if you could tell us kind of how you got started with MBaby. Yeah, so um, one of my friends that I used to work with was going through IVF and she knew that I had painted pet portraits already. So I had a business previously on painting people's sort of cats and dogs. Um, and then she just asked, could you paint my little blastocyst image? I'd really like to use it as a, gen- uh, sorry, not a gender reveal, a pregnancy announcement. Mm-hmm. Said, yeah, of course. Um, so painted that, she absolutely loved it. And then another girl I worked with also wanted the same sort of thing. Done that for her. And then they both said, you know, you could have a business idea here. You know, lots mm-hmm. of people could really cherish these. Um, so yeah, MBB was born from that. It's amazing because um, it is such an important part of anyone's journey um, and so unique so unique to fertility treatment because not everyone gets to see their blastocyst or their embryo, do they? Yeah, and I think the, even when they do see it, it's sort of a little, it's quite a small sort of grey photo, which is obviously something to cherish as well, but the fact that we can really make it bigger and sparkly or rainbow or whatever colours they want to sort of fit in with their home, um, yeah, so it's maybe just a bit nicer to. Yeah, know. it's amazing. So when you do do your work, obviously people usually approach you for your through your Instagram or through friends. Yeah. Do you work closely with those people to find out like what they want from their image, or do you just have creative license? So I'd say probably mostly I have creative license. I always um their color preferences and they want any sort of sparkly, shimmery metallic paint on top or not. Um, most people just say I actually kind of like these colours if you don't think they work tell me what you think so most people are quite happy for me to just create yeah. something beautiful. yeah yeah it's amazing they are so beautiful and then I've noticed as well on your um, Instagram too you also do not just blastocysts and embryos but sonograms yes yeah so I started doing the sonograms recently um, so I do the routine sonograms and then the 3 and 4D type ones as well yeah I've really been really enjoying it actually yeah you're such a talented artist it's such a skill to have it's amazing um but what what interested me most about it is is that it's something like you said to cherish that word is so important because like you said um when people are undergoing fertility treatment not it's not any more important when they actually successfully have a baby but it's just so much more I don't know you've been through such a struggle and and sometimes maybe those embryos or blastocysts are not successful. Um, so so kind of what's your opinion on that and how do you feel that that's like supporting or affecting people in general? I think it's a great comfort to people and a big support. I've had lots of messages from people who've 
refuse um, and it's just that we cherish their baby other family members didn't know about the pregnancy or and um, people feel that they maybe don't want to tell other people about it but they just want that little that little memory of of their baby that unfortunately come to be so yeah yeah because theoretically as soon as there's a blastocyst or an embryo that's life <laughs> yeah um and you've got that unique perspective being a midwife um yeah so how do you see that on a daily basis in your in your midwife kind of I don't want to say your real job but your kind of day job and night job but how how does that like change how how does it affect your artwork and 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 how do you see that I guess you must see it a lot in your in your line of work I'm sorry see what do you mean and like when people experience loss do you yeah um yeah so I think it's just understanding that obviously as a midwife we tend we tend and specifically where I work in the hospital we tend to see um later term losses mm-hmm. um rather than early losses um but it's just having that appreciation that actually if it's a you know a, a baby quite late on in the pregnancy or an embryo that's days after it's been transferred it is that person's baby or that couple's baby and you just need to be really sensitive about it and I think yeah it's a life as a life really isn't it yeah the other awesome thing I noticed you do is you you really support the work of Tommy's and quite do you want to tell everyone a little bit about that because I don't want to steal your thunder (laughs) (laughs) Tommy's are a fantastic charity so they fund loads of research and stillbirth and conventional stillbirth carriage well um and just provide a wealth of resources for health professionals and parents be um, they have a research center um they, yeah they're just fantastic I, I love them yeah it's really good and um yeah I just think it's amazing like that that this kind of art form is helping those people kind of process that grief if they've experienced loss as well as cherish something that has happened yeah it's like a, a step working through the grief as well I think it maybe helps with the healing yeah because it almost comes into the sort of category of like art therapy right yeah of course I totally agree yeah it's a it's, it's an interesting um I, I think a lot of art therapy normally requires like the that someone who has suffered the loss or the grief to sort of do the work normally for art therapy but um I've got a question for you. How did you become a midwife and what made... Well, I mean, you obviously went to midwife school, but I mean, <laughs> like, um, you didn't, like, you know, get a kinder surprise and just pull out a midwife certificate. But, like, no, how, what made you want to become a midwife and what's the story behind that? So, it's a really difficult question. And actually, when you go for your interview at university to be interviewed for the course, they ask you this question. And I honestly, I don't remember what I answered. I just... I feel like it was just in me, to be honest. I was always really interested in biology and human biology at school, in particular um, reproductive, you know, the reproductive system and that sort of thing. Um, Yeah, and I felt like I wanted to be kind of in some sort of medical profession, but not necessarily work with primarily unwell people. And I felt that midwifery, although obviously women going through pregnancy... um, and, and obviously babies as well, they can have health conditions and they can be things, but generally it's um, a process where everyone is well and generally there's very... It's a, it's a positive 
yeah, place to be generally, yeah. Lifting and, yeah, rewarding place to be, yeah. Uh, I, Becky was actually, you know, wanted to be a midwife at one point, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Like, really bad and almost did. It's just, I, I can't remember why you didn't. I, was like, I feel like this is the start of a great relationship, Chloe, even though we're other sides of the UK. Because, mm. um, yeah, like, when it came to finishing my degree, I just did a degree in um, just did art, which is I say just it's How dare um, you? it's not vocational, is it? You know, so um, there's not necessarily a job apart from an artist. At the end, you have to really work for it. Maybe that could be cleaned up a little bit. Like fine art is generally very hard to get into unless yeah. you've got like a super rich family and you can just like yeah get yeah. in and like not pay for stuff for years. Yeah. So yeah. after um a spat teaching abroad and meeting this this fella over here um I was like juggling midwifery and teaching and in the end I went down the teaching route and it was mainly because I was being lazy and thought oh another three years at uni but I always think what if um but I completely understand like your points of view in wanting to do it because although there's all always those kind of really difficult moments that you must see they some of the things you've seen must be really harrowing there's also so much joy and positivity yeah yeah it's a lovely a very lovely part of um the hospital to work in yeah yeah very. do you have to do you have to go on call as well do you go to uh, people's houses for home births and stuff no so um that would be more I, I don't know how it is in different parts of the uk but i previously worked in england and now i'm back home working in scotland and would just be the community midwives that are on call for home births so they would see you antenatally postnatally and then obviously if you were having a home birth they'd see you at home for that um but no I do just work in the hospital so I work between the midwifery led units so the sort of low risk birth center and then the sort of higher risk labor ward as well oh cool that's really interesting do you and got another question <laughs> um do you have um do you know about uh IVF babies as a midwife, or is every pregnancy just a regular old pregnancy? Yeah, so we obviously have people coming in who have had IVF, um, but they are, it depends on everyone's specific circumstance, to be honest, because obviously with IVF, generally, you could be more um, predisposed to pregnancy conditions such as preeclampsia, for example. Um, so... Yeah, they are people chatty and they kind of let you know. Like, Sorry. are people uh, are the women uh, that are pregnant? Are they kind of chatty and sort of let you know that they've gone? You know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's always on their medical records anyway. Um, and yeah, usually people always want to tell you about their journey. Actually, I've not had anyone that's that's not wanted to chat about it. They've always been really forthcoming about it, and you know, talked about what they've gone through. And it's honestly just fantastic how you know how how far they've come and it's lovely to see them at um, the end of that journey as well um, yeah. yeah it's lovely um i got so many questions <laughs> popping popping into my head so as an artist uh that what you know we 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 touched upon briefly how you went from um painting other things and then moving into blastocysts and uh mm. you know that kind of stuff did you bring it up to work with your colleagues and stuff in work and how was that? Was that kind of like an easy conversation or were you worried about how it might come across or? Yeah, so I think I was quite worried actually. Um, I, I really, I almost didn't believe my friends when they said I should have 
could have gone and created M Baby. I was kind of like, oh, really? I don't know. I don't know. Do these like? I think maybe because I actually haven't gone through um, IVF or anything myself. I think maybe I didn't initially have that appreciation for how much that piece of artwork could mean to someone who is going mm. through it. Um, but yeah, I sort of slowly started to tell my colleagues and then the girls that I had painted the first two blastocysts for, and um, they obviously showed everyone they were really, really pleased. Yeah. And I got, got some really lovely feedback. So I was, yeah, I was, I was really pleased with how everyone had received it. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's nice to hear. And like most, and you get most clients through referrals and like word of mouth and that kind of thing. I yeah. only, I only mention it because like I, I'm a photographer and I've had, you know, I do a lot of different things right now and including like film work and stuff but back in my younger years I was like doing jobs for different companies and trying to find my way and trying things out never stuck with any of them because they were all horribly low paid and didn't treat you very well but um I have noticed and I wanted to ask your opinion on it but there seems to be a lot of um there seems to be some companies that will send photographers around maternity wards and kind of like go really hard on sales sort of pitches and it really bothers me and I'm trying to work not swear <laughs> but it really bothers me how they kind of play on vulnerable mothers um you know like we, and and the and they're not even like very well trained photographers most of the time either so it like do you see that do you have an opinion on that Yes, so um, yeah, there's a specific company in particular I'm thinking about, and the sounds like chocolate bar or something maybe. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking the same <laughs> one. Yeah, mm. Malibu. Uh, <laughs> a woman and partners in with the whole. Oh, we've got a little free bag here. Take this, you know, no obligation to follow through with anything else. They get some nappies, some creams, some you know, little vouchers or whatever. Fab. So they get that at the beginning of their pregnancy. And then once they've had the baby, um, they are, some hospitals, not all hospitals, but they are allowed onto the postnatal wards. Um, so you have women who've gone through the mill with labour and yeah. birth, shattered, or even women that have just, you know, everything's gone swimmingly. They are also very tired. I've heard it's hard work, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all that sort of thing. Um yeah, and they can be quite insensitive, quite pushy with the sales. Um, often, ta I feel personally targeting vulnerable families as well. Mm. So, these ridiculously expensive packages, and they're not, you know, it's a couple of hundred quid sometimes for, for these photos. Um, yeah, so uh, it's I, difficult because we don't really have the power to. Yeah, well, I, I just thought, it's, shouldn't they, shouldn't they, um, like it's it's horrible because i imagine the people that work for these companies you know i feel for them they need a job they're trying to do the best that they can and stuff and um, most of these types of jobs rely uh, sort of rely on those people to be pushy and, and get the sale but if there was some sort of blanket kind of like not like ban on like third parties <laughs> like i think it's horrendous like going into women who were just given birth for 12 hours and they're you know barely with it and then people, do you love your baby? Do you want a picture of your baby? Or, you know you know what I mean? Like, they kind of word it in a way to sort of play on people's emotions and stuff. And I, I was just surprised that that's possible. Like, I actually, I think it's dying out, to be honest. Good. Um, no, the hospital I work at at the moment, it doesn't exist there. Um, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. And I know there have been a lot of online campaigns. There's been people who have really horrid stories of um, women who have suffered losses and mm. then the person the rep has appeared in the room oh do you have any photo and, mm. and 
like oh I actually you know I don't have my baby with me it's mm. just been a lot of campaigns off of the back of those kind of posts um and I think hospitals are really clamping down on it now so I think this that will slowly fizzle out so like just as well because you work in a hospital you'd know the answer to this like if like if I had a company and I wanted to basically get people to sign up for poor you know newborn pitches or whatever which I never would do I could lit anyone can just walk onto a ward and no so, oh, so they allow the companies to do it yeah so uh, the companies have again to the best of my knowledge and I'm not speaking on behalf of the hospitals this, <laughs> is, my, this is your personal opinion I know personal opinion but I think they have contracts with the hospitals or maybe with the NHS or something like that yeah. all maternity wards are locked wards so you can't just come on and off of them. You need to have wipe access or be sort of buzzed in and out. And it's very, you know, it's strictly regulated who yeah. comes on. So, yeah, I think it's a contract thing with the NHS. Because yeah. the other thing that's getting more popular, which hopefully isn't part of any of those schemes, is um, birth photography, isn't it? Not just like... It's huge in America. Children well. after yeah. they've been born, but during labour. I'd be... What's that like for you? So I've... Um, I've only experienced it once um, and was with a lovely doula that I worked with at my um, previous hospital when I worked in the southwest um yeah so this is the the couple who are having the baby hire the photographer so it's nothing to do with yeah. the um and it's really great I really love it and I yeah. really love looking at the photos online it's amazing um yeah um yeah, I, th- I just think it's brilliant. I think we should have more of it here. Obviously, since the COVID outbreak and stuff, the amount of people allowed in for the birth is limited now. But um, yeah, it's fantastic and it really yeah. normalizes birth as well. So, you know, birth is birth, however you birth your baby. So yeah. it, they really capture all different types of birth. And yeah, I love it. Yeah, when we, well, when we first started trying, I, I started following loads of accounts like that and I was just like wow like it's so raw like I've never seen images quite like it because they're literally like just the purest form of like pain and joy and like you can just kind of feel the tension and the passion and the in the moment can't you that's and that yeah and it's something that you would need to think about beforehand yeah definitely and it's like you know you couldn't just um say oh by the way uh yeah, yeah i think i'll do that now but yeah. and which brings me on to how people might think about commissioning um you for stuff yeah um i think it's really mixed in terms of commissioning so i think some people haven't hadn't even thought about it or didn't even think it's an option um they see my instagram or a sort of friend shows what they've they've had done and yeah i get a lot of people that way um and I, i'll get just get a lot of lovely messages of people who haven't actually gone through ivf just saying oh your work is amazing that's really lovely you must bring such comfort to families and yeah so it's really nice yeah it's so nice that you can just i don't know it's just especially for those sadly those transfers that don't work or the the pregnancies that don't continue they're just so there's no monetary value that you can place on them really you're giving them something invaluable and it's that tangible thing that they can take home and be like oh this this could have been and it was and not for long but it was something have you ever um commit been commissioned to paint something paint so i say something uh like 
paint a blast assist or whatever and then delivered the same human being no no so it was very it was very close mm. who um had the um the very first mbb blast assist painting um i was supposed to be around um when her little one was born but it ended up circumstances changed and he actually came a bit earlier and i was away and but yeah that's Aww. a close <laughs> that would be awesome though wouldn't yeah. it that would be like second one I painted I actually have a photo on my Instagram if you guys scroll back um, I, his mum came and found me I was on labour ward one night and she was like can we just take a photo with him so I've got uh, there's a photo of me holding him but I, I didn't I didn't deliver him but oh, that's lovely that's so yeah, cool that's awesome. I haven't seen that one but I did recently watch one of your videos of a young girl opening an envelope and I think it must have been her was... I cried so much when the mum sent me that video it was lovely so um, was that her as a blastocyst then in that painting yeah it's lovely yeah that's amazing that that these amazing images these children it's a bit like I think of the children who were kind of born on one born every minute yeah. <laughs> you know they have revisited haven't they but it it's similar in terms of your artwork. These these um, babies and the embryos that happen and that you paint actually do often successfully become children and then they get to look at it and be like, that was me once. Have you thought about um, painting newborns? Yes, but I don't think it'll happen because I, I just... It's very... Portrait painting is so different. Yeah. And I... Three and four D scans are almost like a portrait, but there's still a kind of... You've got a contemporary license with it. You can... Uh, yeah, yeah. I think just, yeah. I, I don't think the portrait painting is for me, to be honest. I'll leave that to the professionals. I just think um, the, the, the way that you're working, um, creating the work at the moment, could lend itself well to something not like a portrait, but, you know, something similar... Yeah, not not, might... not like a still life portrait, but like a, you know, something a bit contemporary with yeah. a bit more license to sort of. And yeah. and you are a professional. Yeah, yeah. Don't be silly. You get yeah. paid for it. And but I see what you mean because your your work is kind of that. It's almost kind of like dreamlike and abstract. Ethereal. 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 There we go. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. Quite of loose and yeah, yeah. 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 So, if people. You know, hopefully people listening are obviously, you know, trying to start a family themselves with IVF. Um, and they, if they are interested in your work, they can go and check out the Instagram account, which is... So, at mbb underscore art. There we go, and we'll pop it on the screen and in the show notes for people to go and check out as well. Um, and we can link your website too. And also for people who aren't going through fertility treatment, obviously they could contact you about the sonograms too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. And like, based if you could give like a little sort of um, guideline on a time frame and stuff like that. So, say people are pregnant, um, you know, we get the first test. A couple of weeks later, go to the doctors, get the. I hope I'm saying this right. By the way, but you go to the doctors and you get the you get the scan bat, picture, the better pit. You know, you get your pregnancy test at home. Then you wait yep. for a while. Then you go in and you get the proper one or wherever <laughs> with the with the with the doctor I'll and uh, I'll see you here <laughs> yeah right uh, yeah. and then you get your 12 week scan there we go 
<laughs> so people, people are um, are people that are approaching that twelve week scan, and are interested in commissioning a piece of art to commemorate this special moment in people's lives. They could potentially. This is the time that they would sort of maybe think about that and maybe send you a message on Instagram. Um, yeah. yeah, and there's and uh, there'll be some information. Is there anywhere where people can get some information on like? you know, how much commissions might cost and that kind of yeah. thing? All the prices are on my website. They are all different prices for, so each different, so I do single embryo, double embryo, triple embryo, different sizes within each, so A3, A4, A5, um, and then I do the sonogram paintings, um, the 3 and 4D and the routine. But also, I'm if there's not something on the website that, uh, sorry, if there's they're looking for a particular piece of art that isn't on the website, I can also do sort of custom commissions to someone, mm. you know, or something like that. Then I always think it's good to sort of, um, you know, when, when people commission me to do work for them, I always prefer like a quick little chat with them just to sort of, um, you know, so they could always reach out and talk to you about. Yeah, direct messages, emails, anything really, and we can have a chat and just see. Yeah, it's good to get people's ideas, and also if they've got a particular nursery theme or something, um, it's nice to actually, I say, rather than them say, oh, I want red and green, say, oh, can you send me the curtains that you've got, or can you send me the bedding, just so I can really match it to that, or just make it fit in nicely. Yeah, yeah. that's a really Amazing. nice idea. So cool. So we will let you go because we know that you're very very tired and mm. we are a little bit behind schedule because of a few technical problems which again i apologize for no matter <laughs> how much we prepare and get things sorted there's always a tiny little snag so thanks for being patient and uh, yeah. being with us it's been so awesome to speak to you chloe i just think you're such a talented person and i bet you've got some amazing stories to tell from your midwifery journeys best job in the world yeah. Oh, it's so good. And we'll have to get you back on again. And we'll have to speak to you like later in the year or maybe next yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully one day we'll be able to commission you for um, a portrait of some kind. Forward to it. Yeah. Cool. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I really enjoyed speaking to Chloe. It was really interesting speaking to another artist and, uh, you know, and she's a midwife as well. That's pretty crazy that yeah. someone could have both jobs professionally she, yeah it, it was also nice to have a different spin on things this week i thought uh not someone who is actually as far as we know trying to conceive at the moment um but you know uh has that connected but not unique perspective of um yeah. ivf and infertility and pregnancy and labor yeah it was so, really cool um yeah don't forget i don't know if you you might have heard it in the beginning of the podcast but we are running a giveaway yep um where you can win a commissioned piece of art from chloe uh which is really really exciting and uh we won't bore you with the details of that here but if you want to find out more then just go over to our instagram account which is at hope and mum and dad and there'll be a post or a video explaining what to do yeah what to do yeah and if you're listening in in the future then um sorry that it might be closed but we hope you enjoyed the episode and uh yeah i guess following our news that we shared at the beginning of the episode we're just kind of getting a bit more excited and hopeful about things to come now yeah hopefully so like everyone cross your fingers for us i know yeah. it sounds superstitious but i'm thinking if loads of people can cross their fingers and touch <laughs> wood for us then yeah, things well, might change yeah that happens a lot in our community i think there's um lots of people at different stages all the way through everyone's experience some people are at transfer some people are giving birth some people are pregnant some people are still waiting like us for treatment so 
huge positive vibes going out to everybody and follow us over on Instagram. You can check us out on Facebook. If and you're listening to we're on YouTube, which a lot of people listen to us on Spotify, but they like they don't yeah. know that we're on YouTube. We are on YouTube and we film everything with our guests so that you can actually connect with human faces and you can see what's going on <laughs> yeah because um there's no easy way to kind of send you a link to youtube really i guess Just we can do in link in bio yeah hope mum dad yeah so go check us out and and as always um thank you for listening and if you are interested in coming on and sharing your story with trying to conceive or if you've got a, a different angle then reach out to us you can contact us at hoping mum and dad at gmail.com or on Instagram via direct message or uh, on Facebook too via Facebook Messenger. So get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Cross your fingers for us. Bye.